You're locked into Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaterski, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Statman. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is part of the BICBP radio network. Check us out online, www.bicbp-radio.com. Welcome to Hats, Tats, and Stats, folks. Uh, Buffalo Championship caliber podcast. I haven't done this in a hot minute. It's your host, Big Diesel. Kind of your host, because I'm joined with Bold Claim Ben himself. Hello, Benjamin. Yellow. And he's you know, much I probably, better. I've probably done that intro a little bit more than you in the past uh, couple months. Yeah, you probably should have. I was going to say, you should probably lead the way on this, because you're way better at leading uh, podcast these days. Uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> well, we're already in, so here we are. Uh, first off, <laughs> a nice little Memorial Day weekend where your boys decided to go down to uh, ye old Philadelphia and enjoy some lacrosse, take in the, the views, spectacles, cheese steaks, beers, you know. I'll tell you experience what. Experience culture. Uh, I'll tell you what. I, I love Philly. Um I, they got a great city down there and uh especially the sports district like the their parking setup easy in easy out lincoln financial is a gorgeous stadium I'm really happy every single time they host this thing in philadelphia yeah philly's terrific um every time that they end up at gillette it's garbage just yep. to talk about the opposite of easy in, easy out not really that many good seats to be had um philly's terrific lincoln financial terrific they always do a great job hosting it um the only time i had a bad time in philly was not even their fault it was just because it rained for a whole weekend yeah that's that's a tough way to go but nothing there was some beautiful weather it was 80s clear skies all Uh, it was so beautiful i'm pretty sure the first day i had some heat stroke (laughs) yeah that was a little rough (laughs) I mean, yeah, we were just baking in the sun. So let's get might down been, to it. Might have been the beers. <laughs> well, I mean, we had to get liquored up. What are we? What are we supposed to do? Yeah. We're just we're just <laughs> simple men, you know. Uh, yeah. Let Let's get into it. So the first game that we watched was Duke and Penn State. Duke gets to the semifinal once again. You know, nothing like made Duke lacrosse. They beat the team of destiny that was the Michigan Wolverines to get there. They faced off against Penn State, who took down Army despite uh, just after the buzzer release on army to tie the game. Uh, that was a nail biter the week before. And then Duke and Penn state treated us to an absolute beauty of a game. 16, 15 final score. Let me get you a little bit of the stats here. Late Diz. Um, Brennan O'Neill goes for three goals and an assist for Duke Garrett Ledman with a foot in the crease to win the game in overtime. Three zip goals, no assists. Scumbag Ben hates him. Um, and then just a whole bunch of, whole bunch of nice depth scoring for Duke uh, on the Penn State side. TJ Malone, six goals, two assists, eight points on the day. That's just animal. Uh, and then Kevin Winkoff, number 48. Uh, he was my boy. One goal, five assists. Had a very nice day at the office. Uh, Penn State comes up a little short. Let me get to the goalie stats, too, since I'm talking to the Tendy himself. Yes, uh, sir. Duke goalie in, in the Penn State game. Uh, six saves. 15 goals against the Penn State goalie, 12 saves, 16 goals against. Did I say 16 for Duke because it was 15? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. It was something like that. So thoughts on Duke that first, on the first semifinal? There it is. Um, 
I think the Penn State goalie balled out. Um, and honestly, like I was not prepared for how well Penn State handled Memorial Day weekend. I mean, this is the first time I've seen them there, and they held their own against Duke. And I, I, I fuck Duke. Really I mean, want yeah. Penn State to win. Yeah. Um, and the way they went out was so unfortunate. Um, but I'll, I'll give it to Penn State. I really like to see them here again. Hopefully next season. Um, I don't know uh, the age gap on their on their team here if they're built with a lot of seniors or not. I didn't really look at that, but um, yeah. well, it's also a different day and age and portal and yada yada. So there's a bit more volatility across the board. But Penn State, uh, when they had Amon and and Mac O'Keefe, we saw them make a championship or uh, well Memorial Day run. Uh, they lost to Yale, I believe, uh, yeah. during Yale's championship run. So that wasn't that long ago because Chris Fake and Chris Tevlin, who we'll get to, or Brian Tevlin, um, they won with Yale and then won with Notre Dame. So some of those younger guys on that Penn State team were left over from that initial Final Four run. Here's another Final Four run for them. Hopefully, again, those young guys eat at that experience and be like, man, we want to get back. Because, again, the last time we saw them, it was in Philly. And... Dude, Penn State crowd in a Philly stadium, that was electric. Like, obviously, we were on Penn State because Duke can lick taint. Um, and just, uh, you know, getting hyped with the crowd and everybody around you is rock and white and Penn State and go Lions. Well, yeah, that was the goal. That was the, other, that was the other thing that I was going to um, bring up about Philly is that, I mean, you never really control who ends up in the final four there, but you ended up with – at least three out of the four schools that are pretty damn close to Philadelphia. So we ended up with, um, I think it was Saturday it was 32,000 and Monday was 30,000. Yeah. 32,000. I'm pretty sure either got close to the record or broke no, it. No, it was top 10. Top 10. Okay. So it was a yeah, top close, 10 to, close to, close um, to. Yeah. So it was a fantastic. Good yeah, it was a, the first crowd was great. And the first crowd is generally better than the second one on the first day because you get the second game fans trickling in. And then yep. after the first game, a lot of those same fans leave from the first game, yada, yada. Um, yeah, you, and then, there's a lot of Virginia fans by the end of that game there. And so. then for the people who don't watch lacrosse, the reason that Ben called Garrett Ledman a scumbag is because he won the game in overtime on a goal where if you look at the video and the pictures, his foot is clearly in the crease. You can't score a goal with that. Honestly, he allegedly even landed in the goal mouth, which is a crease within a crease. Don't really need to get into that part of lacrosse because it's stupid. But the point is the goal shouldn't have stood. They didn't have a review process, and the refs just kind of didn't know any better, gave Duke the game-winning goal, and led him on to the championship when, in reality, the game should have continued on. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely going to be some some rule changes by next season. If it's one, the goal mouth being um, exited, there's definitely some crease rules that got to be fixed up. And obviously, I think the biggest one is just a matter of um, replay, getting replay in this game. Like, come on, it's 2023. Uh, Division one football has it. Most D1 sports have it. Let's start they, have, they have review in lacrosse for certain situations. That's just not one of them. 
Yeah, let's so let, let's get some review back. Right, and um, especially at at and especially at Memorial Day weekend, like you got all 100%. the cameras, you got yep. all of the the resources you need for. Yeah, Skycam, come right. on. Um, and I'll I'll get to number one once we we get to the championship because I I do have some things to say about him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, we got plenty of time. So don't da, ba, 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 shut oh, your yeah. face hole. Shut, you didn't even have We're to good. say anything. We're good. Man. But why can't we just move along? Oh, this guy, man. This guy. So then on the uh, the second semifinal game for D1, we had Notre Dame, who got past John Hopkins in, in the, their quarterfinal game, which I was really disappointed. I wanted to see that one live uh, on Memorial Day weekend, but the bracket gods Donna giveth and the bracket gods Donna taketh away. Um, so then Virginia was their opponent in the semifinal game, Virginia getting past Georgetown and all of their grad transfers. Uh, like Tucker Dordovic and a whole bunch of other guys couldn't couldn't get him past Virginia, the powerhouse that was Virginia. Um, and then the semifinal game, another OT thriller. We got Notre Dame winning 13-12 in overtime. Some stats for you there, Ben. Three goals, three assists for Schellenberger, continuing to be dominant, especially in his playoff runs. Um, Thomas McCovney had a goal and two assists. And Jordan Cormier. Peyton Cormier had one goal. Xander Dickens Dixon had one goal. So those are two big names that Notre Dame shut down. And that, that was a reoccurring theme of the weekend. Um, but for those who don't know who Peyton Cormier and Xander Dixon are, Peyton Cormier this season in 15 games played, 52 goals, 12 assists. Xander Dixon, 17 games played, 61 goals, 21 assists. So in the national semifinal game against Notre Dame, those two guys combined for two goals. I believe there's um, a statement that's pretty well known is uh, defense wins championships, and Notre uh, Dame proved that. this. Yeah, I also this- think another statement that really resonates with me here is clamps. Um, and then on the <laughs> Notre Dame side of the ball, Eric Dobson leading the way, four goals, one assist. Uh, when he came in, man, he was strictly lefty, downhill shoot. And he just has become a terrific ball player. And then Pat Cavanaugh, two goals, one assist. Brian Tevlin, one goal, one assist. Jake Taylor, two goals, zero assists. But, man, his second goal, they're calling it the twister herd round the world. Chris Cavanaugh with one goal to top it off. Um, giving you a quick look at the attendees here. In so, the- so it's been been about three days. I know you said you needed some time to uh, think think about that goal a little bit. Um, it took me about you, three days to process I have processed it. it. I'll give you some thoughts in a second here after the goalie stats because the Virginia goalie did ball out. 17 saves, 13 goals against. Notre Dame, Tendi, Entman, 11 goals, 12, or sorry, 11 saves, 12 goals against. So decent day at the office for him. We'll get back to him later. Um, But yeah, man. So Jake Taylor, Notre Dame down, they're down two. Uh, and then Brian Tevlin with his one goal on the day, or sorry, not Brian Tevlin, Jack Simmons with his one goal or one of his two goals on the day. Blah, 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 nice job, Nick. Gets to the middle, buries one. Notre Dame's on a nice little, little comeback here. 30 seconds left in the game. Jake Taylor gets fed in the middle, rolls away from his strong hand, but still has the ball in his strong hand, turns towards the net and just whips it as what we would call a backhand twister and or just a twister. Um, but a backhand twisty alley oop to boop boop blah. Uh, and he splowed the goalie right in front of us with 30 seconds left. And just the absolute gall 
of this man. Um, the the some would the, say big kahunas. Yeah, the 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 size of his balls were tremendous, and the amount of power that he got on that, and how bamboozled the tendy was, who we just said balled out seventeen saves. But when you just get hit with the unexpected, and it was just again, I mean, you can hear it in my voice. It's just it was bamboozling. Yeah, mind, he needed some was, he needed some farmers insurance because he was not expecting the unexpected. To quote a great mind, I was bobsmacked. <laughs> Any other thoughts on this game there, Diz? Uh, this, uh, what a way to start the weekend. Two back-to-back free lacrosse. Like this, this is what we signed up for. Like I said, beautiful weather, great crowd, back-to-back overtime games. It just what a way to start the weekend. It was it was terrific. And and I'll say this too, you know, um, the Virginia had was the only team to beat Notre Dame this year. They were Notre Dame's two losses. So for them to go out in the semifinal and flip the script on that was awesome. It was awesome hey, to see because it, it's hard to beat a three. Games, yeah, but they really weren't even that close the first two times. Um, hard I mean, to beat no, a team I three Google times. Up. I'll, I'll look it up. So the first time they played Notre Dame, it was 15-10. The second time they played Notre Dame, it was 12-8. Third time they got them in OT. Um so shout out to Notre Dame for putting together a terrific game plan and executing. Um, hell of a day one, man. That was that was that was super fun. So then we're gonna move on here. The uh, the dud of a day two, man. I never thought I'd say that. At least one of the games is usually good, but Mercyhurst forgot to get off the bus. Lenora Ryan, allegedly uh, from North Carolina, not that I would know, um, puts up a twenty to five freaking just shellacking. Led the way, Evan Voss, four goals, one assist. Riley Seeley, four goals, zero assists. Jarrett Huff, three goals, zero assists. Torin Eccleston, three goals, zero assists. Like, just down the line here. Mercyhurst, like, Tendy, 16 saves, 20 goals against. Can you really be that upset? Yeah. No, you um, can. <laughs> I mean, some of those he probably should have had, but he was, like, two foot tall. He, he was tiny. Lenore Ryan's that's tiny, coming from a small saves, goalie. Five goals against. 14 saves, five goals against. So they didn't really test him that much. And when they did, they didn't they didn't test him with anything special, anything great. Um no. But yeah, to your point, the Merzier's Tendy was absolutely tiny. He he made some baller saves though. He he did keep them in as much as he could, but you know, some would say that he got his wheelchair kicked out underneath him. Oof. Oh, I didn't think you were going to go there. Um, I mean, yeah, hey, fair. Lenore Ryan, though, was a dang good ball club. Their defense was terrific. They had shorties that were taking the ball away and going the other way. Um, yeah, they looked well prepared for this game. And it, Mercier's did look unprepared and just not, not ready to play, but I don't think it really would have mattered. Lenore Ryan was a dang good team. Like they, they had some freaking athletes, dude. They had four or five middies that could shake. Um, the one guy who only got two goals, but number 15 for Lenore yep. Ryan. Nasty. He was a freaking animal. He was he was just losing defenders all over the place. And the point was made. Mercyhurst with a whole bunch of defensive All-Americans, 20 goals against, you know, um, not exactly a good showing for the All-American uh, politic gang there. Definitely not. 
You got any other thoughts on the D2 game there, Ben? Not that there's anything really to say. It really, it really wasn't much. Uh, like you said, it was kind of a dud of a day two, which is kind of, it's just kind of weird. Uh, we're usually treated to some really good games for D2, D3, and a little disappointed in that. All right, so then we'll move on to the D3 game, which a nice little rekindling of a rivalry, Salisbury Tufts. Salisbury comes away with another national championship to 13th under their head coach, 17-12 the final. Um, and really, it wasn't close. Uh, 17-12 gives away the fact that it was 6-1 to after the first quarter. Again, it was a really little, not a little bit of a bus. comeback. There was, but it wasn't. Okay, we'll get to the stats right here. So, Tufts, Kurt Brunn, five goals, one assist. That man was single-handedly trying to keep them in that game, man. Yeah. Because after that, two goals, one assist for Charlie Tagliaferri, Jack Boyden, one goal, two assists, then one goal, one goal, one goal, one goal. Like, it was Kurt Brunn just trying to single-handedly drag the jumbos into this game. Meanwhile, I look at Salisbury, Cross Ferrara, three goals, one assist. Bryce Brownwell, four goals. Jack Dowd, two and two. Jack, Luke Nestor, three goals. Jude Brown, three goals. Like, that's just, they they were deep, man. They had the freaking weapons all over the board for Salisbury, and they played well. They 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 had a nice game plan, and they dominated. Um, I, this one I honestly did not see coming, obviously. <laughs> for obvious reasons it's because Tufts came into this game undefeated um I want to know who the hell beat Salisbury I can look that up for you give me one second because holy crap they did not let up on the fucking gas pedal on Tufts and Gettys sure Gettysburg is a solid program Gettysburg um ended up going down to Christopher Newport who was number one for a lot of the season so fair. We've we've um, seen a Gettysburg uh, before in uh we have in a final before. We have. And then the Teddy stats on the game, Connor Garzone for Tufts, 12 saves, 17 goals against. Not a really good day at the office for him. Um and then Nick Ransom for Salisbury, 16 saves, 12 goals against. Nice and solid. But I mean, besides Kurt Brun, they were not high quality looks. They were not assisted yeah, those- looks. Those were, were easy wild. saves for the uh, Salisbury goalie. It's it's not to discredit any of those sixteen saves he made, but right there was there was some easy looks, especially near the end where they were just bombing was, them, just yeah, chucking them towards cage. And my my thing, and we we were saying it in the stands, but the first half, whenever Tufts did get the ball, they were so stagnant off ball. They were just watching one guy dodge. They were setting like real early slip picks. They weren't making any sort of like exchange happen on the pick or communication. And that's why they were slow to start. I don't know if they just thought that they could expose ISO ball matchups, but Kurt, clearly that was not the case. The the thing that I definitely feel like I noticed most from that game was their shooting selection. It seems, it seemed like they were getting a lot of stick side high, even when they had a good move and they were getting inside, yeah. they were setting, setting decent picks and getting to the, the ball where it needed to go, they're still going stick side high. I mean, there was a couple of times where they had a couple like odd man rushes just off of a turnover and the Tandy would just stuff him because he's yeah. not, he wasn't taking good shot selections. Well, and it's not like the Tandy was a schlub. So he's sitting on it. He's waiting on it and they yep. gave him an easy one. 
I mean, honestly, the D the D three game wasn't necessarily a dud. It just wasn't as close as the score indicated. Salisbury was just clearly they clearly outclassed them, which was a shock to a lot of people. Um, and especially after how good the first two games were of the weekend, those were just kind of uh um could have been so really the D three game wasn't that bad. Anything else on that, Ben? No, I think that's that's all I got on that one. All right, so then the finale of Memorial Day weekend was Notre Dame taking on Duke. Notre Dame taking the first national championship in program history with a 13-9 dub. The MVP of the game was their goaltender, Liam Entman, All-American, 18 saves, 9 goals against as compared to the Dukes, Tendi William Helm, who had 10 saves, 13 goals against. I'll give you some uh, some early thoughts there, Ben, on the, just the score and the Tendi play. Um, I like to say just something about like the Monday in general. Usually Monday, it's about a 50-50 shot if you're going to get a good game or not. And it sucks because you only got one game. So usually you either get a blowout or you get something that's really close. I'm very happy with what we ended up here. It was a great game. Um, Notre Dame goalie, his talk about big kahunas. This dude balled out. He said, don't mind my scoliosis. Jump on my back. Let's get a fucking title, boys. Yeah, uh, he he really he was outstanding. Now, he's a big kid. Uh, well, I shouldn't say big because he's not wide. He's just tall and lanky. Uh, shout out to my boy Harry Bauer and Parker Smith. Uh, they're they were both very similar attendees, tall and lanky, and they cover a lot of ground, but they're they're quick, and that's what he was, man. He was he was getting low, but then making saves high. Um, you know, using his body to take away fakes, but using his stick to make saves, and his clear. He was making terrific. some. He was making some ridiculous saves where there was no reason he should have been making those saves at all and like um he won them this game in my opinion like a well-deserved like, mvp yeah. and uh, another i saw this on twitter and i thought it was interesting um in the four years of the shot clock there have been more goals than any era of lacrosse but three of the last mm-hmm. four finals mvps have been goalies let's let's go baby yeah Era of the era of the goalie MVP because that's what is the difference at this point. It's do you have a hot goalie because everybody's got in talent, everybody's got yeah. depth, you know. Um, so then let's get to the to the rest of the game here. I'll give you the stats and then I'll get your thoughts. Duke was led by Garrett Ledman, two goals, one assist. Owen Caputo, one goal, one assist. Brennan O'Neill, one goal, one assist, and then just a whole bunch of one goals down the line. So once again, the Notre Dame D, Brennan O'Neill, for those who don't know, is a junior attackman this year. He had 97 points, 55 goals, 42 assists. He is an absolute unit who's been playing for three years at Duke since he was a freshman. One goal, one assist in the national championship game. If you remember against Penn State, three goals, one assist. Dyson Williams, one goal, zero assists. Who is Dyson Williams? 60 goals, five assists this year. Guy's a freaking goal scorer. Right, yeah, two goals, one assist against Penn State. Nothing. So that that brings back the point: defense wins championships here. It does. And what what I witnessed not only was the amazing goaltending from Notre Dame, but forty four and twenty, and number seven, 
your, your long poles for Notre Dame. You messed, I mean, up, they you were, messed the number because Entman's 44. It's 46. And you were saying 46 is your dad sorry, for, all game yeah, long. 46, 46. 46 locked up number one all game. I, I, he ended he up did it. Duke, he led Duke, Duke a scoring. Two goals, one assist. Two goals. He, he could have had three points, dude. Three points is like a decent day at the office. Yeah, I mean, still. But here's here's if what I'm saying. If the other guys was, played their part, he he. Yes, yeah, there there was a lot of possessions where I feel like all of a sudden the ball was dying in their sticks, and it was nothing that they were doing wrong. It was just Notre Dame's defense. You might as well call them the um, British Empire because they were they covered the entire earth. The sun never day. set. Or set, so yeah. never set on but, Notre Dame's okay, so, defense. So here you go, Ben. I'll, 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 I know you got issues with number one, and I'll let you you go off on Garrett Ledman here for a second. But the shooting percentages here are ridiculous because Jake Caputo shoots fifty percent with one goal. Charles Balsamo twenty percent with one goal. Andrew Macadori zero for six shooting, just That's straight tough. up no goals. Dyson Williams one for seven, fourteen percent. Brennan O'Neill, one for nine, 11%. Owen Caputo, one for five, 20%. Garrett Ledman, two for four, 50%. My guy's yeah, the only guy bad. who showed up. No, I, I still feel like, and especially as, as the game went down in the third and fourth quarter, he, he did get locked up, though. Uh, <laughs> he, he can get 50% all he wants, but like at the end of the game, um, 46 just absolutely demolished his ego. He wasn't doing anything very nice against him. Game. I think you're missing my point. You're, my point is, is that he's the only guy who showed up to play. So you could say he got locked up, but at the point, at that point, if he's the only guy who's going, then who are they focusing on? Yeah, good point. Okay. So then on the Notre Dame side of the ball, Jake Taylor, two goals, one assist. Jack Simmons, one goal, two assists. Chris Cavanaugh, two goal, one assist. Quinn McMahon with a 50-yard freaking bar down goal on the 10-man ride, two goals. Jeffrey Riccardelli, two goals. Eric Dobson, two goals. Brian Tevlin, two goals. Pat Cavanaugh, an assist. Like, that's what I'm saying. Look at the depth on that, man. Everybody's got two or three points. Everybody contributed. And I really, I really think Dobson might be one of the most underrated players on this Notre Dame team. Like every, like don't get me wrong, Kavanaugh's are fucking incredible, and like yeah, everyone no, wants to talk solid. about the Kavanaugh's. But this, this dude, like he reminds me almost of the clutch of Sergio Perkovich without the shot. That yeah, Sergio he doesn't Perkovich have the has. bomb of Perk. He's a very good, he's a very good midfielder. Um, yeah. Dobson's an animal. He's got Notre that Dame same downhill. He's got that same downhill uh, dodging ability that I, I see out of um, a perk. Out of a perk, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of who I would even really compare him to, but I don't. Nothing. Nobody's really coming to mind because he's a good passer too, and now he's starting to go with both hands. Like he's he had some righty rips, but Notre Dame just kind of grinded this one out offensively too because they used a lot of their shot clock. And went down to the last second. And there was a couple goals off of some grimy plays. Loose balls on the crease. A missed pass that got picked up on the backside. Um, a one-ground ball into a pass into a, I don't even know, a spin shot. Short side Koblowskis. Um, And, yeah, they they were the better team for sure. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm very like I said, I was very happy with the outcome on Monday. Obviously, I hated Duke, so if Notre Dame was gonna win, I was gonna be happy no matter what. But it was still a great game, no matter what. Like we've been talking about how great Notre Dame played. I, I still think Duke played a very good game. Um give or take. Hey man, it was like it was like 1798. We were all about fucking the British and fucking Duke. Go Irish, yep. baby. So that's all I got on uh, the championship weekend. You got anything else you want to talk about? Maybe the old Sam and Jack uh, Stanley Cup final there? Yeah, uh, a little bit of a a, a tough go. Um, I got a buddy who's working for the Stars right now, so I was I was oh, a little Greg. bit team Stars, um, and that that was a little bit of a heartbreak. Um, I can tell you what though, I'm all team Panthers right now. Oh um, yeah, me too. I. I, I kind of I liked them last year going into um that uh Stanley Cup playoffs and then they were very disappointing. The Panthers. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the old um, president's trophy curse caught caught up with them. And you know I get personal. And sometimes these things happen. And you know, I just I like Sam Reinhardt better than I like Jack Eichel. I I personally think Jack Eichel can uh, lick lick my taint. So I'm I'm all Panthers here. Nice, some nice salty nuts. Yeah, they're not great. I just got off an eight hour shift, so they're yeah they're, from the very beach, tasty right now. So there's yeah. some fresh sand and limestone going on in there too. Not to Might mention they were in tech. jeans. They were in jeans all day. Oh, just stewing. Yeah, just stewing. All right. Well, I guess that'll do for us. Um, from your boy Big Diesel and your boy Bold Claim Ben. This is Hats Tats and Stats Podcast, Buffalo Bills Championship Caliber Podcast, something like that, Ben. <laughs> you butchered it. Um, <laughs> then you finish it. Uh, well, usually I have a script in front of me. That's tough. All right. Well, yeah. I guess we're signing off. Go Bills, folks. Go Bills. <laughs>